TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Come on, side, side, Sat in the podcast, and I got a special guest in here today, a man who knows all about sports and everything that is concerned with sports. My man, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, in the building with me. He got his own podcast, too. Tell me about your podcast. Scoop B. Radio, 3.5 million streams last year. I'm also a senior writer at Basketball Society, and I contribute to Heavy. Honored to be with you, man. You're a New York legend. Thank you, brother. Um, tell me about your life in sports. How did that come about? How did you decide? To go from just Brandon Robinson to Scoop B. Well, the good thing about Brandon Robinson to Scoop B is I was, you know, you don't give yourself nicknames, they're given. Okay. And 98, I got the nickname Scoop B. I had a show with the Nets when I was 12 years old called Nets Slamming Planet. I hosted it with Albert King. Nets, okay. Nets legend, Bernard's brother. Absolutely. I know Albert King, owner of several, what is it, Burger King's? Wendy's in, in, in Bergen Wendy's County. Wendy's in Bergen County, the Inglewood yeah. area. Yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, so I mean, that that was my, that was the, that was the foundations. But before I auditioned, I was in Chelsea Pier. Um, hundreds of kids auditioned and had a mom who was invested in me and, and making sure, and stepfather as well, who's from the west side of Chicago. Right. And, you know, invested in me. And basically, um, when I was a kid, I used to see Chris Broussard in the locker room. Right. Adrian Walsh, Janowski Walsh in the right. locker room. And I found my purpose and my calling in life. Yeah. And uh, that's, how the, that's how it all started. But before that, um, I, my family ran a sneaker store and a shoe store in Harlem. Okay. On 25th and Lenox. I used to see a lot of stars coming in and out. That that made me feel comfortable in front of celebrities. Really? Yeah. Really? So is it is it difficult since, you know, they call you Scoop B? Do you always have to have the scoop? How hard is it to get the scoop before everybody else? Well, and what kind of develop, uh, relationships have to be developed in order for yeah, that to it's happen? It's just like in hip-hop. You got to know the producer. You got to know... You know, the manager, you got to know the cousin, baby, mama's best friend. Right. And, you know, because sometimes the, the person who's the star ain't going to tell you, but somebody who's around them who you might have taken a lunch or a coffee. Right. They, they, they'll give you some tea. But I think it's all about being responsible. And I think in today's digital age, um, there's more opportunities. When I finished grad school, at uh-huh. with all the credentials I had, it wasn't a ton of people checking for me. And I had to create my own my Why own do you way. think that is? Um... I think honestly, you're a black man in a white man's world. Y- your words, not mine. But yeah, let's keep it 100. <laughs> percent If we're gonna do this podcast, yes. we're gonna talk real. I think I think it's a combination of that. But I think what my currency is is relationships. Uh huh. I think that you know, particularly in the last nine, ten months, my brand has expanded in in the sense of you know, I've predicted stuff that happened 10, 15 days before, mm-hmm. months before. For, for example, the Knicks uh, trade to get Dennis Smith. 
I wrote about it January 16th, the trade, or 14th or 15th, one of those days. The trade commenced the 28th of January. Right. Speaking of the Knicks, because I'm from New York. Yes, Hollis I'm New and York Hollis. all through. Hollis, Queens, yes. your course, the home run, DMC, LL, Cool J. Yes, sir. All of us from the same hood. Where are we going with these Knicks, man? Because it's just too much bullshit going on, bro. Well, I mean, there's talk that Kevin Durant could join, although my sources indicate that the Los Angeles Lakers is more of a viable option. I've reported since September. But to go to your Knicks point, number one, what are they going to do in the draft? Are they going right. to get Zion Williamson? Right. You know, John Morant doesn't necessarily fit no, the Knicks' no, system. No, no. Um, I like R.J. Barrett. I like R.J. Barrett a lot myself. I think he is everything that Richard Jefferson was supposed to be. Okay. Both on the offensive and the defensive. Yeah, absolutely. But don't you think Zion Williamson is more of a draw for the Knicks to get other players that want to play with him? It's Broadway, but I think it's bigger than that. I think that, number one, the Knicks have the cap space. They'll have about two slots in order to get Max Guys. Right. So then you ask the question, okay, what are you doing before before they come? What what table are you setting? Is this going to be a win-now process, or is it going to be kind of like LeBron with the Lakers where, you know, year one is the the, the setup, and then year two or three and beyond is, is the finished product? The, the Knicks ain't got year two or three. And that's the, the fan base, you, from, you know it, you from where I'm from in, in New Jersey. You was with the Nets where we had – Kenny Anderson and Derek Coleman and all of them. Young dudes. squad. The young squad. If Drazen Petrovic didn't die, them boys would have contended for a championship. Oh, and you yeah, know man. it as well as I that do. That was tragic. But how many fucking years can we sit back with this bullshit product that the Knicks keep putting on the floor? I think that you are a suffering Knicks fan like everybody else, while the backdrop is the Brooklyn Nets, who are going to the playoffs this year. Right. And many people dog them because of the trade that they made to get – Pierce and Garnett, and they mortgaged like what, like three or four draft picks to yes, Boston they did. Celtics. Yeah, they did. But look at them now; they added D'Angelo Russell, Karis yeah. Levert, and more. So well, let's talk about that. Was that a smart move for the Lakers to get rid of Snitchy? I call him Snitchy because <laughs> fucking bitch ass nigga for what he did. I think that, D'Angelo, but he's balling right now. He's balling and, and 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 has the chance to be the most improved player of the year. Right. You know, when you look at the Nets right now, what they did, and the Knicks could take a page out of their book. Uh, to your initial question is. Build youth. I think a lot of times when you have teams like the Yankees, the Knicks, the Lakers, and more, um, people want win now because it's the, it's a media market that's, right. that's centered on what? Attraction, winners, et cetera. Right. And I think that the Nets have built it the right way, and it starts with ownership. And it also starts with the, the front office. Sean Marks comes out of the Spurs system, out of Greg Popovich, right. and built a finished product. The Knicks, I also do think Steve Perry and, 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 and Mills and all those other guys even bringing in – the head coach that they had, they have the relationships. When I talked about Kevin Durant, while I did report that the Lakers are the team that he'll initially go to. But he said he don't want to play with LeBron. Well, he said that the situation was toxic. I actually had Rick Buecher, right. the guy who, at Bleach Report who wrote the story. Uh-huh. And he told me on my podcast, Scoopy Radio, um, that that was taken out of context. And in the day and age of aggregation, people can take that word right. and run with it however they want. Right. Personally, I think that he was trying to throw people off with that comment. Oh, really? Yes. He's just trying to push him off to the side and make him think he don't want to go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. and then he goes to the Lakers. Because notice that kind of is, is not – that he shies away from it. The Knicks in that, pre, in that press conference where he went off on the media. The, yeah, I don't have nothing to do with the Knicks. Why y'all keep bringing up the Knicks yeah, and talking about the Knicks? Yeah. And, and But here's the other thing. The Warriors are still the champs. That's true. And so there could be a situation. They, they leave Oracle Arena. They move to San Francisco. He legitimately could sign a one plus one. Wow. That might be pretty amazing, especially if they win again this year. Why that's not? Why not sign a one plus one and go for another one, right? And that's the thing. And in, in professional sports, 
there has never been a team that has done a four-peat. Yeah. Particularly in basketball. I don't know in other sports, but I know in basketball for sure. Well, they're, they're in, in football, you had the Buffalo Bills who went to the championship four straight years, but they ain't win but, not, they, but they ain't win. They didn't win none of them either. Hell, LeBron went to the finals eight straight years. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, won how many? Three out of uh, three out of nine in his career. Yeah, three out of nine, which is not a, you know. No, but I think that Jordan was perfect. And when you're putting, when you're comparing anybody to Jordan and his six rings, um, you, you're. I'm not calling him God, but you're. It's. it's but do it's we do we tend to life. forget? Like, do you think as a sports reporter and a, and a guy who's on the inside um, of sports, do you think as the generations change, we we tend to forget what the generations before us did? Because like we Jordan, 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 but we forget Bill Russell had 11 rings in 13 seasons. I had Gary Vitti, uh, the Lakers' legendary trainer for 32 years. Right. And he told me point blank on the Scoopy Radio podcast that um, Michael didn't play anybody, and he said that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best ever. He said he's the GOAT. I, I totally agree with that. I, that I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And that's not even coming from, from an uh, 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 older man's perspective. I think if you look at the numbers – Kareem is absolutely the best player that ever stepped on the court, and it wasn't. And it wasn't just college; it was it was high school. It was he high school. He won a, He won a Power Memorial. Then he won in college. He won at UCLA. UCLA. Then he went to Milwaukee with Oscar Robinson mm-hmm. and won. Yep. And because of the way they treated him, he demanded because they wouldn't respect his religion as a Muslim. He demanded a trade. Then he went to LA and won five. About that. And 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 I and I think that and still hold a scoring title and nobody can fucking stop him in his prime. Who you know? Somebody was asking me the other day. We're out at the cigar bar, smoking cigars and chilling. Are you living in life? And and uh, I'm a cigar enthusiast. And uh, they were talking about what's your what's your starting five hmm. as a basketball aficionado. Five your five all time starters. Well, you know I'm in Chicago, so I got to go with Michael. And he's okay, at, he's at the two. Right. Um, who's your point guard? Magic. Of course. Who's your Who's your power forward? Tim Duncan. Who's your small forward? LeBron James. LeBron James. And who's your center? Kareem. There you go. Now you see my point? My point is Kareem. Now I heard Shaq, Shaq. Shaq is not dominating Kareem but in, you, but you know, in I, his prime. I'll tell you this. Um, Shaq is my generation's center, but I give credit where credit is due. What about Akeem Olajuwon? And that's what I was getting ready to say. At the end of it, I had Kenny Smith, your, your fellow Queens name. Love Kenny. The Jet. What yes, up, sir. Jet? That's left Frack City. So yes, sir. When one of the things that I think is is interesting, he played with the Rockets. They won two championships when Michael was retiring and coming back. Right. I asked him if you know had Michael not retired. Uh, would the Bulls still have won two championships? And he said we would have beat him, no question. So that's a debate. But this is what I say. During that era, we paid so much attention to Michael that I don't really think people understood the greatness of not only uh, Hakeem Olajuwon but Reggie Miller. Yeah, very and, and very very. It's because of because of the rings. I think it's the rings. Carl Malone too because of the rings. If they had two or three rings, everybody'd be talking about them like. Crazy. And then people, and then you know Malone ring chase at the end with the Lakers in yeah. '04, and they lost to the Pistons. And I think that Pistons team is one of the most underrated teams. Oh, absolutely, in 04. absolutely, absolutely. I agree, one hundred percent, absolutely. As a person that loves basketball, how do you separate who you like versus your job and what you have to do? Um, 
Well, besides the fact that I'm a Gemini and they say we have two personalities. <laughs> okay. I will say um, just knowing time and place when I, and, and, and practicing it early. When I was in college, I didn't date girls or, or holler at girls that were my major. So if I was a comm major, I talked to the dancers. I talked to the, to the poli side people. I talked right. to – putting that separation between the two. Um, I went to a, a Bulls game, uh, sat courtside on on um the on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was there as a fan. I wasn't there as a journalist. But I think the one thing about basketball is, before I became a journalist, I was a fan of the game. Okay. You know, I was introduced to the game. I played in Citywide when right. I was younger. My uncle was the commissioner over Riverbank State Park. Okay. So I learned the fundamentals of the game. I, I knew relationships. And then, you know, my stepfather's from the West Side. So I got introduced to basketball in 91 when they won their first championship. Okay. So for me, just knowing – you know, but I think I'm part of the culture. I think a lot of times people just want to be seen and heard. I actually like the game. Mm. And I think that's the difference between me and maybe some of my other peers. And I also relate to players a lot more than maybe I do some of my, my, my journalist peers. Mm-hmm. Just because while they were in the gym playing AAU at 12, I was in the studio getting reps at 12. Right. So there's a process and knowing that process. And, yeah, for me, it's just knowing time and place and picking your spots. Dwayne Wade is going to retire, and one of my coworkers just showed me a 90-second commercial that Budweiser did for Dwayne Wade that will bring you to tears mm-hmm. if you see it. What do you think Dwayne Wade is? And when we, when it's all said and done for him and 10 years have passed, how will you think will people remember Dwayne Wade? Well, this is what I'll first say. Uh, when I was in Charlotte for All-Star Weekend, there were certain people that are living legends, like Chris Tucker, that I, sa- I shook his hand and I said, Listen, man, I want to thank you. They say you should thank your legends while they're living, right. not when they're, when they're gone. And thank you right. for being a part of the fabric of my life. Right. I was invited to Dwayne Wade's um, uh, poker party, and or, or spades party, excuse me. Right. And I, and I grabbed, pulled him to the side and said, man, I just want to thank you. Thank you for being part of my year staying up late in undergrad, grad school, and starting life after school building. You were the soundtrack or the background while I was getting my stuff together. Right. And he said, thank you. He said, man, I appreciate that for real, for real. I said, well, kick ass the rest of the season. We took a picture. I believe that Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Chris Bosh were ahead of their time. The same way that people criticize LeBron now and say, you know, what's next? And he and somebody else can't team together this summer. Uh-huh. They were saying the same things about the Miami Heat in 2010. Right. And I think one of the greatest gifts that Dwayne Wade has is he's had the ability to reinvent himself a few times. Mm-hmm. He had the, the luxury of playing with Shaq and Shaq teaching him the business back in 06 when they won that championship. Right. Um, and I think more than anything, he gained uh, a level of uh, respect uh, in, in the 2004 playoffs when he hit that big shot against the New Orleans, or I don't know if they were Charlotte or New Orleans or <laughs> Orleans at the time, but yeah. when he hit that shot in his rookie year, he 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 really had real life on the job experience, and right. he sold me then because everybody was paying attention to that draft with Carmelo and LeBron. And I told everybody that would listen that D Wade would win a championship before Carmelo, who still hasn't won one, yeah. and probably won't ever, and before LeBron James. It was just something about the way he played that I knew, I knew it. And he was old, a little older. Yeah, you know he wasn't. You know it's kind of like John Morant at Murray State. He wasn't heralded in that 03 draft the same way like LeBron and Carmelo and, you know, I mean, Darko Milicic won a, a ring his rookie year with the Pistons. Right. Uh, you know, but in all seriousness, I think when you look at Wade, um, I like the way he's leaving. Most players don't have the chance to go on a retirement tour. That's Shaq true. didn't have that because he was hurt. Right. You know, having the opportunity 
um, to have a retirement tour, for people to celebrate you. Uh, I've written over the last couple of years, I say that Dwayne Wade is, is now the NBA's elder statesman. Kobe had it up until he retired in 2016. I think Wade and, and Dirk are the elder statesmen. Now they'll pass that baton on to LeBron, Jamal Crawford, and Vince Carter. Right. But the difference is D. Wade is loved by everybody, including his own teammates. Yes. Kobe is not and never will be. Well, I think that was fake love at the end when Kobe retired. You think so? Yeah, man. I think we live in a day and age where we, we celebrate people when they die and when they retire. And we don't celebrate them while they're living. But I think that some of that with Kobe had to do with the fact that he was ahead of his time in a student's craft. You know this as a working professional. When you see somebody young and you looking like, what makes him so special? How do they prove themselves? And when he was 18, 19 years old, studying tape and doing what he was doing, the veterans were going to the club and doing some other things. I feel like because he was so serious about his craft and all it was was basketball, 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 um, a lot of players didn't know him as a man. And I think that's kind of the, the drawback sometimes of being a prodigy. Right. When you don't actually have socialization outside of what you do. And I think that with Kobe Bryant, um, he was more developed coming in than he was, than Michael Jordan was coming in. Michael Jordan waited his turn. Kobe yeah. was trying to dominate from the jump. Right. And he was backing up. I think Eddie Jones was playing with Nick Van Exel yeah. back then. Yeah. 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 So you think part of the problem with Kobe was that he himself as a person not being – a real social person couldn't understand why people weren't as focused and dedicated as he were, and that kind of turned a lot of people off, about, yeah. about, especially his own teammates. Yeah, and I also think that the way he grew up, um, his father, I got I got to know Joe, Joe Jellybean, yeah. and uh, out in Dallas, it was at this basketball exposure uh, program, and, and I kind of just picked his, his dad's brain. Um, Kobe, not only was he a, a, a second-generation NBA player, he was a kid that was studying in Italy and, or was going to school in Italy when his right. dad, dad played and was studying tape then. I think that his life was the precursor to what's normal with guys like Steph Curry, whose dad Dell played in the NBA. Right. Um, Clay Thompson, whose who's dad Michael played Michael in the Thompson NBA. played with the Lakers and won championships. It's, it's like, and I think Kobe was trying to, in a, in a day and age in the NBA where everybody was hood, Kobe was this kid from the main line of Philadelphia who was trying to prove himself while also trying to fit in and, 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 and learn plays. I think it was a, it's, it's a, the, the, the dichotomy is very interesting looking back on it. Do you think he's becoming a nicer, softer Kobe Bryant in his retirement? Yeah, because he's, you know, he's, he's, I think his wife had another kid, and his daughter is now going through that process, and so he's living through her. You look at Kyrie Irving, his father, Dredrick. His dad yeah, didn't make it to the NBA. Well. Yeah, Dredd didn't make it to the NBA, because, but he played overseas. Right. I, when you look at Kyrie, he moved to all. He was born in Melbourne, Australia. I grew up in West Orange, but yeah, at the same time. Like, damn near around the corner from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but then at the same time, he had Rod Strickland, his godfather, who, right. who mentored him. He had his dad who went through that process, and, his, and they both respected in the city. Kobe, similar atmosphere. I think the difference is just the, the times in the NBA have changed. The, the game is now more of a European game and more of a, of a guard game. Kobe right. was coming in. You know, Shaq was still dominating. Yeah, the big men. The big men were still in the, in the hole dominating. Yeah. So, so, so for him to make a name for himself the way he did had to take a lot of work. Yeah, and he actually played against Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something a lot of people can't say, right? Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I talked to a few people throughout the throughout the year. Just that whole, you know, LeBron passed Michael Jordan uh, for the, the scoring, on the scoring list, yeah. all-time scoring list. And, you know, you, you poll. Like, I talked to Grant Hill. I said, you know, 
do you think LeBron has a chance to, you know, be better than Jordan? He says Kobe is more Michael than than, than LeBron, LeBron is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ray Allen said the same thing. He said you can't compare the two. And, you know, Ray Allen wears Jordan and play one that helped yeah. LeBron won that ring in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, they're, two, they're two different players. In my opinion, LeBron is more magic than he is Michael. I agree. He's more he's more, he got sometimes he has a pass first mentality when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes LeBron passes the ball when you just want him to take over the fucking game. But he'll just, you know, he'll he'll rely on his his uh players to do it, the people that he's playing with on his teammates to do it. And Magic was kind of the same thing, but Magic still had that killer mentality when it came down to it. You know, I, I that killer mentality I think is is experience. It's not learned behavior in the mm-hmm. sense of, um, I think that Wade is a is a throwback to not just Michael but Allen Iverson mm-hmm. playing at breakneck speed, breaking up stuff, but at the same time, like sacrificing his body all the time. I think LeBron realized coming into the game that he was a brand and he wasn't trying to mess up stuff like that. But I think Miami was his chance to go away to school, so to speak and learn life outside of Northeast Ohio. Right. And so I think when he came back to Cleveland, all those things he learned being up under Riley, being up under uh, Wade, et cetera, et cetera, even Ray Allen. You know, I feel like to be an effective and elite basketball player, you have to have, like, serial killer tendencies. (laughs) And just just obsessive, compulsive. And and Ray Allen is definitely meticulous in that regard. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the same reasons why in Cleveland, he often rubbed Kyrie Irving the wrong way. Why do you think that is? Um, because they're both the man, and they've known it. And see, the difference with Kyrie is he knew he was the man even before he stepped foot on that court. But then he came back and apologized to LeBron this year. Because he understood it, and now he is the he, – that Boston is his team. Right. And so now he understands that level. You know, when you're young, you're young. You know, when, you, when you're when you older, what does the Bible say? When you when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Right. He realized that in that moment. It's almost like when you call your parents and say, you know, you were right. Yeah. He's like, damn, they was right the whole time. He was right about that light bill. He was, he was right about these bills going to kick your ass when you get older. Be young you was right. Yeah, you was right <laughs> with no responsibilities, right? True story. So is, is it the NBA's fault or... The fan base's fault. Are we expecting boys to be men when they're still boys? Are we putting too much on them to act a certain way and to carry themselves a certain way and they're just boys? I think. Do you remember when you made your first million? Yeah. Were you still silly? Absolutely. You in the NBA, you play ball and everybody's And you got you. way more than millions than I had then. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a situation where I was silly, I wasn't reckless though. Right. Right. Like you look at you look at situations with um Jalil Okafor who, who Right. Who, where is he? New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, his father lives in my building. Yeah, That's Chuck, why I asked about it. Big Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, big shout out to him. And when you look at that situation in Philadelphia, eighteen, nineteen years old, speeding on a Ben Franklin turn or Ben Franklin uh bridge right i mean you make a lot of money you're 19 years old maybe responsible for your whole family it's a lot of pressure on you yeah yeah you reckless as a motherfucker i ain't defending them but do they listen or or, or, because i know the nba has certain stuff in the place to try to they have the symposium that the the pre-draft the draft symposium where you you talk to players and that's it but it's who you catch early it's who you catch early and and i think that 
it goes back to what you what you tell your your. What, what, I'm not a parent, but what parents tell you early, like who, sit, su- surround yourself with people who are about something. So you make millions of dollars. You got people in your head telling you this, that, and the third. You have to be cognizant of self uh, and realize the future you have, and that you're actually going to make more money or spend more time off the court than you are on. Right. You, it takes so much just to get to that point. It's like let me enjoy it. But now you got people watching you. Right. Now you got social media. Now you got TMZ. Yeah. You, you're in a situation where, you know, you're black, so you already got people watching you. They Absolutely. hate you because they ain't you. They hate you because they ain't you. So I, I think there's pressure, but I think it's who you surround yourself with and who you listen to. Yeah. Scoop, let me ask you a question, bro. Do you think LeBron took a lot of shit for the decision, but was it the right thing to do to open up? to open up the doors for NBA players to take control of their own destinies and for where they want to go and where they want to play ball? No. Or was it bad for the league? No, and there was somebody who before LeBron who did it, and Kurt Flood. Right. Well, that's, yeah. So I think, um, I think into, listen, when teams trade players, do you get mad at the ownership the same way you do players? Nope. All right, then. So it's a business decision on both sides. It's not personal, it's business. Right. And I think that that I'm taking my talents has become a thing. I remember when I was in college, when I would tease girls and say, hey, you can play if you want. I'm taking my talents. I was playing, of course. Right. But it's like that that lexicon of taking my talents has, has become a thing. Even on the on the, on the the lower levels of, like, I, in high school, I covered Jabril Peppers mm-hmm. when he was in high school. Uh, he's now a member of the New York Giants, former Cleveland uh, right. Brown, standout at Michigan. And covered him right before he announced his uh, decision to go to the University of Michigan. He was on ESPN. He freestyle rapped. His, his decision of where he was going. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is, I wrote a, a kind, of, kind of correlation story of his role with hip-hop. Um, Naughty by Nature, those are his uncles. Right. Uh, Vin and Tretch. Okay. And so I interviewed Vinny, tied in stuff with Vinny and Jabril and his mom, and um, LeBron had an effect on how people announce what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think even when you look at the Players' Tribune, Players are writing their stories, and they feel like they don't necessarily need media members. I, I to do love it. TNT's players only. How do you feel about that? I like it because it give it makes people f- see that players aren't just cattle. Right. They actually have intellect. They actually are articulate. Um, and guys like Greg Anthony, guys like Chris Webber, Shaq, and Baron Davis, they and Candace Parker do a hell of a job. Yeah, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, all they all do a hell of a job, and, and it just. It just kind of warms my heart because these guys actually played the game, and I always felt that who could tell you better about the game than somebody who played the game and played it on that high of a level. But this is what I'll say in addition to that. Uh, I'll take that and raise you as a black male that's in media, as myself, I'm finding that they're replacing us. So I'm happy for them because I grew up watching them. Mm -hmm. I grew up respecting them, interviewing them when I was a child all the way to an adult. But when you're a black male, I have to make sure that I'm building and learning and hearing different things because they'll say, well, you didn't play. Yeah, you're right, but I went to school for it. Right. So it's like this, that 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 dynamic. Now they're creating that, that line of demarcation where they may get certain jobs that I may not get. Right. But I'm no hater, and what's for you is what's for you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And there's there's so many different ways to do it. You know, so many ways, different ways to get yourself out there. Like you have a podcast, you're on my podcast right now, and there's so many different avenues of being heard now that you don't have to just rely. Oh yeah, on one thing, right? Oh, yeah. you, can, you can do a lot of different things. I think that, the, and I think you know, 
not only being an effective writer, um, because writing the fun, like people say, Oh, I want to go to school because I want to debate on first take. Nah, you got to like go to school, <laughs> you, you, you got to learn how to know what a lead to a story is, right. how to attribute quotes, how to write you know headlines that are effective and not clickbait headlines. Like, there's a balance with that now because everybody will say you fake news or you, you're clickbaiting, and but like. There's people who didn't go to school who are quote unquote bloggers, and there's even a difference between a blogger and a, and a journalist. Well, yeah, absolutely. There's a huge difference between a blogger and a journalist. Everybody think they're a blogger nowadays. Everybody think they're a rapper. Every, that too. <laughs> you know, I know that. SoundCloud doesn't. doesn't oh my God! Does everybody think they're a rapper? I don't see no end to it anytime soon. But the cream is always going to float to the top. Always. So it's all good. So maybe they'll give a few years of it and say. Fuck it, this ain't for me. I hope so. Well, I think um, in the next year, 2020 is that year of just newness. We not all the bullshit? Um, I mean, people are always going to be scamming. <laughs> but I think um, if you're a student of your craft you, 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 and, you, and you invest in yourself uh-huh. um, and you just continue to surround yourself around good people, stay prayed up. And, and connect, like me being on your show this morning. Right. Legend. I'm not trying to get brownie points, but it's like that cosign, you need that. Even in the NBA, you know, you look at Jalen Rose, you look at Kenny Smith and Mark Jackson. Those are the people that got to cosign you. Yeah. You need those cosigns. You need those. You need people to know that you exist because it's not about how good you are. It's who notices you. Yeah. Pretty much. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show, bro. And honestly. I appreciate it, man. Stay in touch, right? My man. You know right, I will. My man. Yes, my sir. man. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Tell everybody how they can find you, all your Instagram, all your, you know, your podcast stuff, everything. Well, first and foremost, please subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast. 3.5 million streams last year. We've had anybody from DJ Khaled, uh, the voice of Siri, Susan Bennett, Mark Cuban, Jamal Crawford, uh, Rick Buecher, who talked about LeBron, or who rather wrote about Kevin Durant. That's an ever-growing story. Subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or visit ScoopBRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, and follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. There it is. It's the Ed Lover. Come on, son. It's the podcast. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.